look, I know we're going to be talking about the Patriots a lot this offseason, but it feels weird because this man that's on my right, we started off just by a DM on Twitter, and we've talked a bunch, and now we've tailgated together. I've met his family, Pat Lane. He's back on episode 207 of YWC Football Talk. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. 207. Look at this yeah. run, dude. Love it. Love to hear it. So happy to, happy to be back. Yeah. Oh, it's, you know, it's great. It's great. Finally getting to 200, just kind of hard work's paid off. Um, yeah. Jumping right into it with the Pats. Obviously, Pats, Pats perspective is a great name for this episode, unless we get a good soundbite later. Um, <laughs> so I obviously spoke. This is the second Patriots episode I did. Patriots PLV McGarvin and I, we talked last week, but I wanted to get your point of view just because obviously last time you and I spoke physically on the podcast was before the season. Now the season's done. We yep. can talk about all the stuff we want, but I mainly want to get into the memo, the team statement that came out last Wednesday night, because I gave some quick thoughts about it last week before I wasn't able to. Do you think that memo is just the team realizing, hey, we have to get better, or do you think that's a direct order from Robert Kraft himself? So I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's um, I think it's, it's a two-parter, right? I think it's Kraft kind of saying to Bill, like, hey, look, you got to be a little bit you just, you got to be a little bit more, you know, forthcoming with the information, right? What's funny about that is that that information, that press release comes out. They've talked about zero interviews being set up. They haven't talked about asking anyone to interview. None of that stuff has happened. They said they were going to start interviewing for office coordinator this week. And yet we've heard nothing about, you know, unless Tommy Curran says, ah, well, the Patriots, you know, let's expect to see Bill O'Brien in that, in that spot. Nothing has been made formal. Nothing has been, oh, this guy's coming to interview. Not one thing we've heard. Gerard Mayo turns down interviews, but nobody's talked about his, his contract extension. So the funny thing about it is that, yeah, we get that information, but then it's not followed up with any actual news after that. I do think that part of that, again, is Kraft saying to Bill, look, you got to be, you know, you got to be more, you got to kind of be out there a little more. Transparent. The, other, the other part of it is that Bill looks at it and says, what we're doing is not good enough. Flat out, not good enough. So that means that everyone's ass is on the line right now. And so I'm going to be, I'm going to do things differently than the way I normally do. So does that mean I'm going to send out some press releases? Sure. I'm going to, yep. If Robert wants to send out some, yep, I'm going to do that. And we're going to shake some things up and you're not going to like the way things go. And it's going to be uncomfortable for some people. And I think that's okay. Um, and I think that, you know, Bill kind of understands that too. And look, you know, remember when Bill first got here? He was gregarious with the media. He talked to the media. He learned a lot from his time in, in Cleveland. He was gruff with the media in Cleveland, and they sucked. And so everyone turned on him. I think, you know, he's not stupid. He knows that the team isn't as good as they were when they had Brady. And so now you look at it and say, all right, I can't have that gruff kind of, you know, don't talk to me about anything attitude because the people are going to leave if we don't, right? And so I yeah. think that you're going to see a little bit more of that from him, I think. I also think, too, like, look, we don't have to hear about the interviews or, like, I don't think we need, like, you know, Jim Ursay will tweet out, we just interviewed right. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. we did this. I don't think they're going to be, because, like, when I like when I think of the Patriots in the interviewing, I still think of everything, like, you know, they're going to keep everything close to the vest and that we're going to hear stuff probably, I don't know, that time, that, I think probably that week between the conference championships and the Super Bowls when we could potentially hear something yeah. or like the couple week gap between the Super Bowl and the scouting combine. Cause that's a lovely thing. Even though football's not being played on the field, the NFL is a train that just doesn't oh, yeah. stop except for like a six week period, pretty much from June to the end of July. Right. 
But I'm not too, too worrying about them hiring stuff. There was someone yesterday who tweeted out, I, I got to pull up the actual tweet. Someone basically labeled a flat out game plan of like what they want certain positions to be. And I was completely on board for it. I just got to hold was up. Was that Zoe, like, right? Was that Zoe talking? I'm, put, I'm it, pretty sure it was Zoe. It was, it was Zoe through. Uh, yeah, through someone. Yeah. Uh, it was the guy who tweeted it was, yeah, so it's through Zoe, but I got it from Babs on the mic. He, obviously, if you're a Patriots yep. fan, you know him. Uh, Mayo as associate, assistant head coach, Matt Patricia, senior football advisor, which, look, I know I wanted to shoot him. I had many choice words for him this year. I'm not going to repeat on camera. <laughs> but um, if he's on as a football advisor, even helping with the defense, I'm fine yep. with it. If Judge goes to special teams, I'm fine with it because I wanted to see Cam Accord fired, let alone not demoted. And then Kaylee is probably gone. So I'm going to take Zoe's word for – I'm not going to take it to just someone spewing stuff because we all right. know – like that's the first thing you taught me. Don't listen to Boston Radio. But I'm going <laughs> to listen to Zoe just because I feel like out of anyone, maybe Foria exempted, he's the yeah. one that's plugged in. Obviously, you can say all the insiders and stuff. Obviously, there's guys like – out there, like the ones I know, Alex Barth, uh, former guest Kyrie Thompson, just guys like that who also do radio. I'll take their word, but at the same time, too, I'll take Zoe's word just for that much better because I know he's much more plugged into the team than a lot of guys are, and that even includes Mike Reese. 100%. And the other part of it, too, is that, you know, Zoe, Zoe's not a journalist, right? He's, no. he's a guy who's on the radio, and so he can get information from people and dispense that information without burning bridges because it's not a real report. Mike Reese can't run with something. He might know what's going on, but he can't report it, right? Zoe can kind of come out, ah, this is what I think is going to happen. Yeah. And yeah, he's probably tuned in and knows what's going on, but he can't say it's a real report. He can't say that he's hearing it from someone inside the organization. He's just saying, oh, yeah, you know, I think this is what's going to happen. And we all know that he's getting his information from someone. And so, you know, I, I think Nick Cayley, I'm not I'm not sad to see Nick Cayley go. No. I'm just not. I mean, it's one of those things where him, like, you kind of looked at it and said, okay, maybe he's the offensive coordinator. Because, you know, those those uh tight end coaches, you look at it and say, okay, well, you know, they kind of bounce around when, you know, when the tight ends are I mean, it's funny because everyone talks about it. Like when the tight ends are are doing receiving, they're with the wide receivers. When the tight ends are doing blocking, they're with the with the with the linemen. And so the tight ends goes just kind of just walking around, like, okay. Yeah. And so you would think. Yeah, you could be, you know, an OC based on that. I haven't seen a lot of growth from any tight ends in this organization. And I really haven't seen, you know, and they didn't trust him at all. He wasn't even part of, of the of the game plan. And Matty P and Joe Judge had never done it before. So that tells me all I need to know about Nick Cayley. Uh He wants to interview with the Jets to be their OC. Great. Go ahead. Like, more power to you. Maybe it'll be a great offensive coordinator. I don't know. But, you know, if Bill, if Bill doesn't think he can do it, then maybe he can't, you know. So... Uh, so we'll kind of see where that goes. I guess Cam Acord is good with kickers is what I've heard. Yeah. If that's the case, I don't mind him sticking on as the assistant special teams guy. And Joe Judge can kind of balance him out and be the be the actual special teams guy because Joe Judge is a very good special teams coach. Um, and so, you know, I, I think I'm okay with that. And and like Matty P, you say, look, man, I like Matty P. I think Matty P's good. He's, he's a good football mind. I think Belichick trusts him a lot, which is good. I want him, you know, 90 yards away from the offense. Like, don't put him anywhere near the offense. But if you want to help, you want to help out a little bit. Hey, I'm seeing this or I'm seeing that or, you know, give some pointers to guys here and there. Talk, you know, help out the defense. Do this, do that. Fine. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Gerard Mayo 
I like the assistant head coach thing. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get DC slash assistant head coach. Um, I don't know if they want to necessarily say that someone's the defensive coordinator, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him get those two. I do think that there's a possibility that he's the guy that takes over for Bill when Bill leaves. And if that happens, then it's a, there's a good – and again, we're talking three, four years from now, right? Because Bill's got to pass Shula's record. He's not retiring 100%. until he does that. And so either he's going to die or he's going to pass Shula's record. That's what's going to happen. So, like, you know, so it's one of those things. And so you look at it and, th- and say, okay, if, if Mayo takes over – and we don't know if that's going to happen, but if he does – you would think Steve stays on and plays and, and and stays as the DC, right? And what you're kind of doing is you're setting this hierarchy for Mayo. And this is why Mayo is canceling his his interviews because they're saying, hey, look, I know right now you and Steve aren't are both here, but realistically, you're right. here and he's here, right? And that and that's the way it is. And so telling him that and showing him that and giving him a you know a, a title and and probably a pay bump I'm sure too, giving him a title to reflect that is important to him and I'm sure it's important to them as well and so that that's something that I wouldn't be surprised about I don't mind assistant I mean whatever I, ultimately doesn't matter right but the whole point is that he's above Steve in in the pecking order right and so uh, so I think that's kind of what we'll see going and then but it's, it's funny because if Bill O'Brien comes as the OC. There's a chance he could be the next uh, the next head coach of the Patriots when Belichick retires, um, and so you know we'll see. But but it could be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just the thing. Like it's it's an all guessing game. It's an all wait and see. Yeah. I still feel like if it's not Bill O'Brien, they're going to do a left field hire. And I'm not saying it's going to be someone bad. It's just going to be that person you didn't expect because that's ultimately the Patriot way. Um, another take I have for this upcoming offseason. I feel like a lot of Patriot fans aren't going to like this. I know we're like top five for cap room to spend. Yep. I don't see them going on a cuckoo spending spree. I think they're going to sign the pieces they need. They're going to try to attract a couple flashy guys, which, look, I'm all in on trade for Nuke. That's my big thing right now. Go try to do what you can to get DeAndre Hopkins. If you yeah. can, great. If not, if if they get, in, I think if they get into a bidding war with another team, I think they're going to back out because ultimately yes. I don't think they want to trade pick 14 for it. I sent out a tweet <laughs> last week that went kind of – some people were kind of thinking I was crazy for saying this, but the Cardinals hold no leverage. When it comes to that trade, if they were to trade, say, pick 46, like a fourth rounder this year, maybe like a fifth next year, and maybe even throw in a player, throw in like, I don't know, Hunter Henry, for example. I'm just saying that because, look, Hunter Henry was a guy I had a lot of hope for this year, but he really was a disappointment. Besides, I'd say the Cleveland game, he didn't he didn't really aspire to much. So if you could do something like that, and I also said it too, because Arizona, um, you need a tight end considering Trey McBride isn't anything special, and Zach Ertz is coming off a torn ACL. Right. So... You bring in D if you can do that for DeAndre Hawkins, great. But if the Arizona Cardinals are going to come saying, like, we want two first, we want this, 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 no. that's when you pull out. That's when you pull the reels. That's where I started to look at some of the Denver receivers, like, you know, a Cortland Sutton, a Jerry Judy, guys like that, guys like, you know, on the rebound. And even another one that I had in this guy terrorized us about a month ago was T. Higgins, just because Cincinnati's cheap. That's just that's yeah. a hypothetical because Cincinnati yeah. is a cheaper team. And they got two big horses they got to pay very soon. Um, the only other thing is just to add to all this is as well, when it comes to free agency in the draft, I think free agency is where you see them prioritize the offensive line and the draft is where you focus on them getting a corner. I know there's a lot of great offensive tackles out there in the draft. I just think that, look, the way they develop, like the way Bill knows how to develop corners, 
I think he's better off going in the draft that route, and then you pay someone to come in and play offensive tackle. So the problem, the biggest problem that I have, by, by the way, uh, before we get into this, uh, kind of an under-the-radar OC guy, I think we, could be Chad O'Shea, uh, who, oh, yeah, he, who was here. And I think, and Phil, Phil Perry talked about him on, on his podcast last week, but, you know, saying how he's a, he's an interesting blend of kind of that Shanahan offense with the Belichick offense as well. A lot of the kind of same stuff that, that you've seen the Patriots want to do, he has some experience with. So yeah, the best of both uh, worlds. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, but anyways, but you know, as far as, as far as what you're going after the problem, the problem with the the free agent market is that what the hell's out there? There's not a ton out there, right? There's nothing for receiver. The number one receiver is like Juju, which is like, I don't mind Juju, but my goodness, man, he's got, he's got a higher drop rate than, um, than Nelson Aguilar. So like, yikes, that's scary. And the other one too, I just want if you don't mind me cutting off for a sec, is Myers. But I still feel like there's going to be a team out there like Chicago who's going to offer him not money that we can't match, but money that we have no business paying him. Well, I'd love Jacoby to stay, but I think there's a team out there that's going to potentially do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I just think Myers, Myers is still a little bit underrated. I think you can get him for a little bit less. I think he's going to end up signing for less than people expect. I think. Probably somewhere in the like the four to forty, you know, four to forty million dollar range is is kind of what I'm thinking. Four for forty, somewhere around there, maybe even five for fifty. But like, I think they're going to make Myers a priority because yeah. he's the only guy they have. And as far as Hopkins is concerned, like, they're not getting a first round pick for him. They're probably not even getting a second round pick for him. Like Hopkins is old. They got nothing and, for him too. Remember? Well, right, and, and, and but not just that, but it's like. You know, he's old and his production hasn't been great lately and he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And so now you wonder, like, am I going to I can't you can't give up a first round pick for the guy. I wouldn't give up a second round pick for the guy. I'd be wary about giving up. If you're just going to end up at like 72, 73 with that pick with Carolina, I'd be wary about giving up, you know, a top 75 pick for him, to be completely honest with you. Now, you trade back and say you trade back at 14. And you move back to, you know, I don't know, 20 or something like that. And you pick up a second and a third round pick with it or whatever, right? You pick up a, a pick later in the third round and now you have some picks to deal with. And okay, maybe, maybe you can, I can be talked into it, but I'm sorry. I'm not trading. I'm not trading certainly my first two picks. And I have to be really talked into that third round pick. And I'm not sending Hunter Henry away. I know he had a rough year, but I, was I just think they're that, asking you know, for a player in return. No, no, I, I understand. I understand yeah. what you're saying. You know, I'd almost, I, to me, I'd I'd throw in a better pick and get rid of John who instead because he can go. I, oh, I, I've too. had I've seen enough of him. You know what I mean. So, um, but I am I'm interested to kind of see where where it all goes. That's kind of that's the interesting part for me is like, okay, where are they going to spend the money and how are they going to do it? I think they have to make Myers a priority, and I think you have to go out and sign and, and drafts and you know sign someone or trade for someone, and it's going to be someone. Look. I love the idea of getting T Higgins. I love it. It's me. It's, not, it's my, it's my it's AJ Brown happen. kind of thing. You know where the 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 Titans weren't going to pay Brown, right, right. so then they flipped him to the Eagles. Hundred percent. I was saying that too, just because you know the Bengals are going to prioritize paying Burrow and Chase. That's all. Right. Oh no. Listen, you're you're a hundred percent on the mark about that. Yeah. He's going into his last year of his contract. Burrow has one more year left after this one, right? Because he's going to obviously give him the 50-year extension, clearly. Yes. And and they might even pay him before that. And so, so fine. So Burrow's going to get paid. You know Chase is going to get paid. 
Can you pay T. Higgins as well while also paying the defensive guys that you have? I don't and know Joe if Mixon. you can. Right. And and so it's like now it's like, all right, can we pay T. Higgins? Will he take a pay cut to stay? And he might. He might say, you know what? I don't care. I'm on this offense. This offense is incredible. I have Joe Barr as my quarterback. I'll take a little bit less to stay here. He might do that. I don't know. But if he doesn't and he's playing hardball with them, they might look at it and say, man, let's cut our losses and let's get, you know, the Patriots are offering us, you know, what, like uh, a low 40s pick. Okay, we'll do it. You know what I mean? Like, or they're trading us, they're trading us a, a second round pick this year and a third round pick next year. Done. Like, we're out of here. You know what I mean? And so, fine, we move on. Hey, it sucks to lose T. Higgins, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? And so, like, you have to be on the lookout for that. But I do think it's going to be kind of an under the radar guy. I love the I love the thought about Jerry Judy, but Judy's got that fifth year option too. So he's not going into the last year of his deal. They can still pick up that fifth year option. And that's what kind of so it gives the Broncos an extra year to think about it. Then again, they're paying Russell Wilson an exorbitant amount of money. Don't have a first round pick. I don't love Cortland Sutton, so I don't want to trade for Cortland Sutton. I know Judy has drop issues too. It's like a whole thing, right? Not, yeah. None of these guys are perfect receivers. You're going to get someone with some warts on them. I think a guy I'd love to have back is Brandon Cooks. I think Cooks could bring something to the table. He's not. He's yeah, he's getting paid a decent amount, but you have the cap space. Houston's got zero leverage. You could basically trade a seventh round pick for for Brandon Cooks at this point. You know what I mean? Also, has one of my favorite catches in a non playoff game for the Patriots, Week Three against Houston. Ironically, oh, against Houston, twenty seventeen. Just the, it's everything. It's Ian Eagles call. It's him. Yeah. Catch feet touchdown. And yeah. there's just some random dude that goes up and just pats him on the back too. Right after that happens. I don't know yeah. why I always think about that. <laughs> um, there was two names as well that crept into my mind. Just thinking now one could happen. One is very unrealistic, but it's just something there. Uh, the first is Michael Pittman jr. From the Colts, just because we don't know what direction that football team is going in. Yep. And the other one, and this is very unrealistic, but it's something that could happen because we'll I want to talk about this guy in a little bit. But it's looking like if Tom doesn't go back to Tampa and if the Buccaneers want to offload some stuff. Yep. Number 13 or number 14. I'm just saying I talked about getting Chris Godwin in two years ago. I thought right. he was a guy that I was always targeting in free agency. So I'm I'm saying those two are very unrealistic. I think Evans is like a Buccaneer for life. But someone like a Chris Godwin, I don't think you have to trade the farm to get. Meanwhile, Evans, I think Tampa would ask the farm for. Those are just a couple of names that I thought of right then and there where I'm like, you know what? You could give Jason Light a call to see just to yeah. like, you know, like a feel it out. Like You don't have to commit to it, but if they can eventually get into negotiations and maybe make something happen, it, it's a very dreamish scenario, if you will. I love it. I, I love both those ideas. I think yeah. Godwin would be uh, – he. To me, I'd prefer Godwin over Evans because Godwin kind of does more, and he seems more like a Patriots receiver, whereas Evans is kind of that outside-the-numbers guy, that deep-threat guy. You know what I mean? And, and so it is interesting. I, I think both of those guys could be really good um, here. But it is who was the first guy you said? It's Pittman. Pittman. Holy crap, dude. I mean, if they're doing a full teardown, for, and for some reason they're trading one of their young studs, I mean, absolutely. You know, I can't imagine them being stupid enough to do that. But I, I don't know. Like, stranger things have happened. You never know if they're like, you know what? We like Pittman, but we don't love him. Okay, you're going to trade us, you know, 42 for him or whatever the hell the Patriots have? Fine, take him. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we've had enough, you know? If that's the case, then hell yeah. You know what I mean? But it just – was Pittman – 
Was Pittman in his third year this year? Yeah, he was in his third year, but he's a so he's, two. He was he, a second round. He was pick, a second so rounder, so he was going into the last year. Was still. You know what? That's pretty realistic. That's actually not. That's not a bad one because that is fairly realistic. Where you're going to let this? Are you going to let him walk at the end of the year? Are you going to sign him to a big term contract at the end of the year? Your quarterback's probably going to stink this year, and so his numbers are going to take a dip. He's going to be pissed about that. Is he going to want to sign a long term deal there? Is he going to want to go somewhere else? I wouldn't hate it. I mean, I love Michael Pittman, so like I, I'd be down for any of those guys. And and so that's one of those things you got to keep your eye on those guys where it's yeah. like. You know, anytime there's an expiring contract at the end of the year, you always wonder, like, will that guy last another year, right? And uh, and will they want to say, you know, screw it? And especially in in Indy's case, where they're like, well, what the hell does it matter to us? We're going to suck next year anyways. You know, and, and the new GM in there is thinking, screw it. Or the new head coach, at least in, in there, is thinking like, yeah, screw it, dude. I don't care. Get rid of this guy. And bring me, you know, bring me a young guy in that I can that I can help mold and develop. And at the very least, what it does as as a GM slash head coach, it buys you more time. Yeah, I got all these young guys. What do you want me to do? I can't make them all play well. You know, Robert Sala's got great, he's got great job security because it's like, hey, my quarterback situation's trash. We drafted a guy, he sucks. What do you want me to do? You know, and we're we're you know, we're getting these guys, bringing these guys along, and they're pretty good, but like this guy stinks. What do you you know? So like it's it's good job security for you uh, to say like, hey, I got a bunch of young guys and they're just not ready to play yet. What do you want me to do? You know? Yeah, exactly. That I I just looked at the Colts from a standpoint of like, look, I think Chris Ballard's really on the Chris Ballard and Joe Douglas are two guys. I think either look, you got to tear it down, or uh, not so much okay. Joe Douglas, more Chris Ballard. I think Chris Ballard's basically putting off a rebuild to where you basically fire him and then you're going to put a new GM in a very messy situation, like what we're seeing in Chicago right now. But with Joe Douglas. He's in more – I'm still on this take that – I said this since we beat them. The game you were at, the Marcus Jones return, yeah. that the Jets needed that game more than we did. Oh, yeah. Because for them, the mental psyche of that team went downhill. Zach Wilson's in, like uh, job security, downhill. Meanwhile, now Joe Douglas has to go out there and make a move at quarterback where us – look, I know there's a lot of people out there that are saying, oh, do this, do this, do this. If – Anything, my worst case scenario is have a competition and during training camp between Mac and yeah. Zappy to see who can get the job. Because when you look at the games, like the one we went to, it was Detroit being stupid. Now they're not stupid. Cleveland, that was the best game the team played all year. Complete offensive, mm-hmm. defensive, special teams. And then Chicago for everyone going like, oh, they were so bad. Everyone was bad against the Chicago Bears. It's painful, but that's what happened. But with Mac now, I'm not saying this is the year where you judge him. But we're seeing it with Daniel Jones. If you can get Mac Jones, you know, decent coaching, and they can steal a game or two, eight and nine quickly becomes ten and seven, and could become eleven and six. Now I'm not out here saying challenge Buffalo for the division. No, Buffalo, it's it's their division. We all know that. But challenge Miami for second place because we don't know what Miami's mm-hmm. going to be next year, especially with the quarterback. They can say right now two is our guy, but. If you want to, you got to pick up the fifth year on Tua plus two. We don't know what the head history, head history. It's just, it's just one of those very scary things that you don't know. One day you're fine, one day you're not. So I'm just here to say, get them the right coaches because no one, for everyone out there that says like, oh, Mac this, Mac that. It's all just, I think, Patriot fans who are just seeing all these young guys just, you know, oh, look at this, 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 this. Give the guy time because one thing with Mac's performances. Coaching held him back this year, and with the interceptions, look, after he came back from injury, and especially after that Bears game, 
He only really had the Raiders and the Bills game where he was horrible in, I'd say. Yeah, and I don't think he was horrible in the Bills game. I really don't. I mean, I mean like, three, picks, three picks and everything. You know what I mean? But it, but if you watch the game, right? Like we all watch the game. If you watch it, you're looking at it saying like, okay, yeah, the first pick wasn't great. I you'd like Aguilar to actually fight for the ball, but wasn't great. Fine. Same spot as the wild card game pick, or ironically, Mike right? Hyman. You know, and the next one, you're like, okay, tip ball. Maybe it wasn't the best pass, but it gets tipped. Third one's not on him at all. And third one's 100% not on him. So now you look at it and say, like, okay, well, you know, are any of those 100% on Mac? I don't think so. Are are any of those 50% on Mac? I'd make the argument they might not be. So it's like, so you start looking and saying, okay, what the Chicago, terrible throw, 100%. He should have never played that game. I said it from the beginning. I said, you know, you, you don't play Mac Jones that game for multiple reasons. But the biggest reason for me was that the fans were out for blood. They were out for blood. They loved Zappy. They had this obsession with Bailey Zappy. And so you just say, hey, kid, go out there in prime time and show everyone what you got. And when he crashes and burns like he did in the second half, we can sit there and say, yep, no, we know he's not the guy. And that's okay. And the thing was is that if the game had gone the way it had, where the Patriots get blown out, at least we would have woken up on Tuesday morning and said, all right, well, that sucked, but the Zappy era is over. We can move on to Mac Jones now. Like, at least we would have had that. We didn't even get that because they freaking started Mac and then pulled him. It was stupid. And so it's like if you just had started Zappy, even if he has those two crazy drives to start the game or once you're down 10-0 or whatever, he has two crazy drives and then he's crap the rest of the game, at least we can look at that game and say, like, all right, he was terrible and, like, we can move on. We can move back to Mac Jones. You just you never got that, and and so that was to me. I was just I was livid. I was oh, I was a mess that game. But anyways, it was just that you know that's kind of where I'm at with that. We'll see. There is one guy. There is one situation in which I will gladly can Mac Jones um, and move on, and that would be if Lamar becomes available. Sure, yeah. absolutely, hundred percent. Right. I'm not giving up two first round draft picks for Lamar Jackson, but. You, if you're telling me Lamar's available for 14 and something else, and then I can trade Mac and get a first or a second round pick for him, I'll do that in a in a millisecond. I will do that so goddamn fast. I don't even care. I don't because because Lamar gives you he's a freaking MVP, and I know there's health issues and there's all sorts of other stuff, but like he's in when he's on and when he's healthy, he's an MVP caliber player. You just those guys don't grow on trees, and so like so yes. Hundred percent, I'm going after that guy. Will that happen? Is that likely? No, I don't think it is. And no. so, so like, I don't think then that matters. All these people that are sitting here talking about, oh, Zappy, this and Jimmy G and this guy, and it, no, why are we doing that? Yeah, you're not going to get better than Mac Jones. You're not getting a quarterback that's better than Mac Jones right now. You're, it's not. You're not going to do that. Jimmy G, maybe he's like maybe a tick better, but he's a lot older and he's a lot more expensive. That's stupid. Bailey Zappi. Yeah, maybe he's close. He's already on the team. Like, just let him, like you said, let him duke it out in, in training camp and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, any of those other guys, none of those guys are going to be better than Mac Jones. Just not. None of those guys that are available are going to be better than Mac Jones because they're all replacement level players. And so maybe you could upgrade a little bit. Why are we upgrading a little bit? It's stupid. Doesn't make any sense. You know, to me, if you don't get, if you don't get Lamar, you draft another guy in the fourth, fifth round. 
You take a shot at someone. I don't care who it is. Take a shot at some guy that has freak athletic ability, right? And it sucks that Anthony Richardson, like, the Josh Allen experience guarantees Anthony Richardson to probably be a top 10 pick. Yeah. So, you know, so you say, okay, Richardson's gone. But you find someone who isn't quite as good but can do something similar to that, and you just say, screw it, let's just see what happens. This guy's probably going to suck, but well, whatever. Draft him in the fifth round and see what happens, you know? That's the, that's the kind of thing that I'd like to see. And then when this season's over, you know. You know, is it Mac yeah. or was it the coaching? And if it was Mac, now you're like, all right, we got to move on. And, you know, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, that's what I always say. That's why you give quarterbacks a three-year window. Like, we learned that with Josh. We learned that with other guys. Except there's in some cases where guys like Trevor Lawrence and Fields, they're coming on now. They're here. They're arrived. They've, they've done their thing. But when – but and the one name that comes to mind, by the way, is Hendon Hooker. But I still feel like he's going to be gone in the second or the third round. He right. did tear his ACL, but I still feel like he's going to go. I, I also picture like a team like the Saints going after him just because mm-hmm. he fits more of their mold. Right. But yeah, no, I completely agree because like next year, look, next year's quarterback class is going to be too good to Caleb Williams, uh, KJ Jefferson. But the Patriots aren't going to be in a position that high because why? Because he, like I always say this when we first started talking, you and I, 2020 season. That was a bad season. Guess where the Patriots finished? Seven and nine. Guess where they were picking in the draft? 15. And what my model always is going forward, why I always keep a glass half full and not glass half empty, right. is because I know that the team that they could put out right now is better than 2020. I know they're not going to do the stupid mistakes they did in 2020 because there's no game this year, well, maybe with the exception of Vegas and Cincinnati, where a stupid mistake cost them a win. That's I just not that's not what their their mo is. Even though I say Cincinnati, but then again, you can that's just a whole other debate. Right. The way I look at it is is we have a competent football team, and the fact too that we were eight and nine with as much as much frustration as we had for the last four months, they were still in the playoffs on the very last day yep. of the regular season. Yep. Did they lose? And yes, Buffalo eliminated them two years in a row. Sure, but this is more about the Patriots shooting themselves in the foot for the 18 weeks rather than just having one bad game against Buffalo. Like, look, we went into Buffalo knowing we weren't going to win, especially when DeMar woke up, especially when everything else yeah. happened. We were like, we're not going to win this game. We know it. It was – I know people like to say the NFL scripted and rigged, but it's just like, the way that certain <laughs> things happen, it's just like, yeah, that's just, it's not going to go that way. But then when you look at it, this team's going to be competitive next year. This team's going to be st- – like, if you had to give me a range right now, I'm still going to say they're going to win 8 to 11 games. It's just a matter of where do those wins come from and does your offense play better? Because I think you have to right. steal a couple games or two because, look, they're playing the NFC East next year. They're playing the AFC West, two of the tougher divisions in football, and you're going to have to go in and steal a couple of games, one of which, by the way, I'm calling it right now, will be on Thanksgiving. I think they get the 4:30 game, and I think they get the 4:30 Dallas game, just because it's possible. Well, think about it. Like, who else? It's either us or the Jets are going to put in that spot, and the Patriots are a bigger draw than the Jets. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do um, because you know Patriots playing last, Patriots playing last Thanksgiving too. It's like, do you want to put them back to back Thanksgivings? And they could, um, but it would be an interesting, interesting situation if they decided to do that. I think that you know when you look at some of the depth that they have, some of the young guys that they have, you, you see what Bill has done as far as replenishing the talent that was there. And unfortunately, you know, at the end of Brady's tenure, he took a lot of swings because he figured we're here. 
Yeah. We're getting close. I need some real playmakers. I need some guys that are going to be able to come in and make an instant impact. So we drafted guys that he thought were going to be able to be guys that could that could be great, and they weren't, and it failed. Um, you know, and you know he missed big time with Isaiah Wynn and Sony Michelle. But the thought process was, I need a tackle. Maybe not this year, but certainly next year. So let's draft one. I need a running back right now. So let's draft one. You know, we drafted the wrong one, and so it sucks. And this is this has become a consistent issue where now you look at it and say, okay, 2013, you draft the wrong wide receiver. 2006, you draft the wrong, wrong wide receiver. 2019, you draft the wrong wide receiver. 2022, I mean, it's pretty hard to argue you didn't draft the wrong wide receiver in 2022 as well. And we'll see. We'll see what happens with Tyquan, Tyquan Thornton, but pretty hard to argue that, you know, George Pickens wouldn't have been a better pick than Tyquan Thornton. Now, maybe they didn't, maybe they were scared off by some of the, some of the off field stuff, let's say from, yeah. from George Pickens and, and some of the on field stuff, frankly, from him too. Maybe that was part of it. Right. So, but the kid's a stud. I mean, you can all see that. Right. So it's like that, that becomes difficult when you start looking around and you start saying you drafted a guy in the first round of 2019 and it wasn't AJ Brown and it wasn't DK Metcalf and it wasn't Debo Samuel and, and and you start listing off the names and you're like, oh my God, dude, like what did we do here? You know what I mean? And so, and that's, it's a, it's a problem. I mean, look, 2013 freaking Keenan Allen, who they passed on is still a stud in the NFL. Still. If they had drafted Keenan Allen in 2013, think about how good their team would be if they had drafted Keenan Allen. So that's the stuff where it's like if you start, if you miss on those guys, and unfortunately, those are the ones that get noticed. The ones that don't, that get noticed that don't get noticed are, you know, the Dietrich Wises who took yeah. five years to, but the Christian Barmores and the and the Kyle Duggars. The people don't talk about those because they're not sexy positions. You know, they're not. They're they're not the skill, the quote unquote skill positions. And so it's like, you know, you don't get credit for those guys because it's like, oh, yeah, you drafted Cole Strange at 29. He looks like he might be a future All-Pro. So who cares? He's a guard. You know, people don't care. And yeah. it's good for the Patriots. But people on the outside look at it and say, well, you drafted a guard in the first round. Who cares? You drafted a guard in the first round. And the biggest criticism for the Patriots was, well, yeah, I mean, like, sure, he's going to be a good player. But, like, why'd you draft him? And it's like, well, because he's going to be a good player. Yeah. In a position they need, you know what I mean. And it's it's just... not like there's any other crazy guards. It's not like they passed on Creed Humphrey, for example. Right. So it's right. one of those ones when they drafted them. It's like, yeah, it's it's plausible. Like I still remember in 2020 getting told, like by Giants fans, like, oh, the only reason they drafted Duggar is because McKinney was taking literally a pick beforehand. When I'm like, both are looking like really good picks right and... now. Xavier McKinney's really coming to his own in New York, and Kyle Duggar is great defensively for us. Like it's one of those things too where. Everyone started saying this where it's like, hey, you got to start scouting Division II schools. You got to start looking at these guys because even though they come from a smaller school, these guys can still ball. Like Kyle Duggar's field awareness, just everything like that. So yeah. it's just like even that draft too, Michael Owenu in the sixth round. I know he whiffed on mm -hmm. the kicker and the tight ends, but like, yep. look, it is what it is. Um, and then just going back to what I said earlier, do you agree with the whole if, the, if they pick – say if they stay at 14? Yep. Do you go corner there? Do you go – offensive line do you go receiver like what are you thinking because like the more i like I, I thought offensive line at first but i'm thinking corner just because i know this is a very corner rich draft yeah and it it really just kind of depends on what you want now obviously you got to decide what's going to happen with john jones um yeah. you know because you got to make a decision on him i don't think that impacts whether you need a number one corner or not you don't have one 
and you're probably not going to get one. Yeah. Um, you know, and so your two biggest needs are tackle and, and cornerback. And so my thought process is whichever one is better, you take, yeah. right? If you got a stud corner there that you feel like you can't pass up on that guy, you take him. If you got a stud offensive tackle, which, you know, you listen to some of the guys and, and uh, Mike Renner was on with Phil, with yeah. Phil Perry. And he was saying like, you know, I'd put the one, the number one and number two tackles over the last like three years over all these guys. And so it's like, well, the tackle class isn't quite as good as you'd want it to be. Then I was thinking, oh, Jack Conklin will be available. Nope, he gets an extension. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Now who's going to – so you don't know who's going to be available. And so you might be forced to take a tackle, which is not the situation you want to be in. You don't yeah. want to be forced to take a guy. If anything, I'll take a – if there's a, a stud top flight number one corner, I'm 100% taking him. 100%. You don't have a choice. And yeah, if it's Joey Porter Jr., if it's someone else, as long as his dad doesn't come along, um, <laughs> you know, if it's as it, whoever it is, right? You got to get that guy um, because they need it. Because you could see it every time they played an M one wide receiver, they don't have anyone that can match up with those guys. I love Marcus Jones. Everyone that knows me knows I love Marcus Jones, but he can't match up with T Higgins and Jamar. He can't do that. He's five eight. Like that's not him, you know. Yeah. And he can do some things, but he can't do that. Jack Jones is five ten. 5'11", like he can't match up with those guys either. So, so you need one of those guys, like a guy, like a real guy, guy. Um, and so what do you say? A dog. Right, exactly. And that's, and look, look with the Jets. They got, they drafted Sauce Gardner. All of a sudden the defense is fantastic and they have a good defense anyways, but like Sauce Gardner goes from a rookie. He's like one of the best corners in the league as a rookie. And so if you can get that guy, it changes your entire defense. Derek I think Stingley it's too. one of those guys available. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, Sting, I love Stingley anyways. And so, like, if you can get that guy, then it fixes it fixes so many issues. And as good as the Patriots front seven is, if you get that number one corner to go with it, forget about it. This is this is a top three defense in the NFL. Yeah. Which means, like, if your offense can then play, like, decent. That's why I always said if this offense was league average, this team is in the playoffs, and they're playing two days ago or three days ago or, right. or last right. night. Um, speaking of last night um, – Obviously, look, we saw what happened with Brady. Yep. Um, what as a because for us it's different. I know obviously a lot of people like say, Oh, this, 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 this. Like, look, we saw the kid grow up, we saw the kid right. do this. The guy's the reason why you and I are talking today, for the love That's of God. Yep. Um, when it comes to Tom Brady, where do you see him? Do you see him staying? Do you see him going somewhere else? Do you see him retiring? Like, what do you personally want to see happen? I can't imagine he stays in Tampa. I, I just I mean, maybe he does, but like he has a no tag clause, which means he can sign wherever he wants. Yeah. And if you can sign wherever you want, I don't know why the hell he'd stay in Tampa. Tampa's a complete disaster. They're a mess. And I know that some guys got hurt, and but like they're a mess this year. And I, you know, I had picked, I picked uh, Dallas win that game because you could see it. Tampa sucked all year long. They sucked all year long. And it was like, okay, you can, I, Brady can only take you so far. He can't do it by himself. And, you know, and that's what he had to do with this team at times was do it by himself. And that was that team was a complete disaster. If I'm him, I'm I'm, I'm hightailing out of there. Maybe he stays in Florida. Maybe he stays in Florida, goes to Miami finally. Maybe he goes to New Orleans. Maybe he goes, Matthew's out of there on the podcast. Maybe he goes to Detroit. Mm. 
That offensive line is stacked. That underrated. Stacked. Such an underrated offensive you have, line. You have the Sun God over there. Maybe they trade their first round pick to to Vegas for Devontae Adams. And now all of a sudden you get the best offensive football, you know, with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams in the back. And and, and again, I mean that's that's crazy talk. But like yeah. I don't know, it's possible, right? And so like he could go anywhere. I I, I think he'd be stupid to go back to Tampa. I can't imagine. And I know at some point you got to hang him up. At some point you got to hang him up. I get it. Yeah. I can't imagine he wants his last game to be that game. Because let me tell you something. Dan Marino's last game was a game just like that, where where uh, Jacksonville beat him like sixty-seven to nothing or some crap. Like it was like thirty-three to six or something in in the wild card round, and it was like, bro, what are we doing here? Like that's an embarrassment. Brady. I don't I I just I don't think Brady can leave like that. I don't think he's wired that way. I think he's gonna play one more season and I wouldn't be surprised to see him go somewhere else. I just I don't know. I, I wouldn't stay in Tampa. They're a mess down there. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's gone from Tampa. It's just the way he walked off the field last night, like with his parents right there and everything else, kind of like it gave me that same sort of vibe that we saw when Breeze retired two years yeah. ago, where yeah. it was like I know there were rumblings to that, but I feel like with him. You're not going to hear anything. And I also said that about this year that he only came back just because there was the reports that came out early about him retiring and everything like that. I feel like if he goes out, he's going to be the one to announce it. It's going to be like, you know, when J.J. Watt signed with the Cardinals and when J.J. Watt retired, you didn't yeah. see any reporters break it. You saw literally him on Twitter working on a Cardinal shirt. And then you saw, you know, hey, it's my son's first game, my last game at home. So I think you're, you want to see him go on on his own terms. It's just when I look at Tom, besides a goofy scenario, I can't see a world where, like, I know they were saying, like, besides San Fran, but I, I just, I don't think San Fran's going to happen. I know everyone's saying, oh, but he was taking pictures and stuff. And I feel like everyone forgot. Uh, yeah, he grew, he's a Bay Area kid, right. grew up going to Niners games, and he's just taking pictures of all these memories because it's his childhood team. Um, but when people said, like, oh, Tennessee or Vegas, I'm just like, those teams, I don't think are a Brady away, regardless of the name. From right. leaping to a Super Bowl. Like, even with Brady, I still put the Raiders behind the Chiefs and yeah. probably a better better offensive coordinator than Joel Lombardi-led Chargers team. Right. So that's how I look at it. I kind of look at it where – and also, too, from a selfish standpoint, I just don't want to see him become half of the quarterback that we're used to. You want to see yeah. the greatness. I just don't want to see him being – just getting desperate and going out there and chucking it around. So if he walks away, also do I'm, I'm not going to be sad about it because look, I wasted my emotion on it yeah. last yeah. January. Right. When that, when that stuff came out, which I'm glad that I found out from my, on my own and not someone texting me about it. Cause I wouldn't have, I would have hated myself for that, but that's just the way that I look at it where I'm like, I'd rather see him go now than wait. But if he comes back next year, I completely understand just because he wants, even if his team doesn't make the playoffs or they lose in the playoffs, he wants to go out on a game like what happened last year with the Buccaneers going out losing the uh, losing to the Rams in a close shootout. So I can see that right. happening because if he goes out as that's his last game, I just don't think that would sit well with him. So in the end of it, I'm going to say he comes back, even though I don't want to see him come back. I get you. I get it. And the other part yeah. of it, you know, we talk about you talk about the the Raiders. Why would he go to a division like that? Why are you going to a hard yeah. division? There's no need to do that, right? Denver will the, be better next year. Right. And you go to the NFC North, right? Rodgers is tailing off. The Packers weren't great. Yeah, the Vikings are fine. But is he afraid of Kirk Cousins? Please. Like, let's be serious. 
He also goes to a dome and adds years to his life, you know, there because they have a dome, right? Being coached the by Viking, a psychopath. The Vikings have a dome, right? Yep. Um, and so it's like now you start looking at it and saying, like, hey, we got some okay, I'm gonna have two games that are probably gonna be cold outside, but like the rest of them will be dome games. I mean, come on now, you know, like that's that's a cakewalk, right? And so, and he needs to go somewhere with a good offensive line. Yeah, and that's what you get. You know, that's that's one of the reasons why Detroit makes sense. Again, is it going to happen? Probably not. But it would be cool to see. Again, it's 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 a situation where you have the choice. You can choose where you want to go. It's the ball is one hundred percent in your court. You can make that decision. No one's pushing you to do it. My hot take about why he retired and unretired. And I don't. I I have. Zero information. Don't know anything about whether this is true or not. But the, my thought process is that he originally retired because he knew that he had marital problems. He said, "Okay, Giselle, fine, fine, you win. I'll retire. We'll fix things." And then when he realized that things couldn't be fixed and they couldn't figure it out and they couldn't work it out, he said, "Well, screw it. I want to play anyways. I'm going back." Yeah. Right. And and, and I again. I don't know if that's true or not, but like the divorce stuff came out soon after he went back. You can't, I don't care who you are. You can't finalize a divorce in a week. No, it just doesn't happen that way. Right. And so, you know, did he retire to try to salvage something and then realize he couldn't in those few months in the, in the month and a half that he was retired or did he retire and say, you know what, we're going through this messy breakup. I'm at let let's retire, deal with this crap right now. And then if I still feel like my heart's in it, I'll play this year. Right. I don't know. You know what I mean? But it's like it's one of those things that, like, yeah, okay, I get that he's rich and famous, but like what he went back to football and then she said, Okay, we're getting we're getting a divorce, and they got divorced in, in three days. But that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? So so that's the thing for me, is that like I just I, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that, that that could be part of it. Again, I don't know. I have no yeah. actual information, but that's just kind of my thought process on it. It's it's just everything kind of seems too good to be true in that sense where it's like, right. hey, realizing that, hey, marriage probably isn't going to work out. So, yeah, I'll go back and play football when the point of retiring was to try to fix things. Because I think if he fixes things, he probably stays retired. Right. Um, to ask you another fun question, mm-hmm. since you're obviously there a lot more than I am. Yep. Uh, how are the renovations coming at the stadium? I know you don't see inside the physical construction, but yeah. how are things looking compared to – like the photos I look at when it's still all the cranes in the north end zone and all that stuff. It's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be incredible. And there's still a ton of cranes there and stuff, but they're they have the outer structure. They got some of the glass panels up, they got some of the beams up for the lighthouse. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's like jaw dropping. And to me, it's gonna be a whole new stadium. Like it's gonna feel like a completely different stadium. Um and I think that that's the thing I'm most excited about is that you're going to see something that you've never seen before. Like you're going to see a stadium that looks like a, you know, a Dallas or looks like a place like that, that you're like, Oh my God, like this is, this is like a Madden created thing where it's like, you see that stuff. And so I'm excited to see it. Supposedly they're behind schedule and I don't know what's, what's going to happen in the winter time. I'm sure these guys are going to work in the winter, but see, the thing is, is that they're, they're making this push to get the outside done because once the outside's done, you obviously got a ton of stuff to do on the inside, but you don't have to be outside yeah. when you're inside. Right. And so, and so when it's, you know, nasty and snowing and everything else like that, you get the guys working on the inside, doing all that stuff. 
And so now it's like they're not, you know, they're not, they're not, you know, operating cranes in in the snow and sleet and you know, freezing rain and everything like that. So I do think that you know it's going to be awesome. I'm very excited about it, um, you know. And so I actually we just bought tickets. Um, we just bought tickets to uh, to the Monster Truck Rally there, which I'm excited about. So I think that's in early June or May or something like that. So we'll see kind of where where construction is uh, once that happens. So. And you know, be inside the stadium uh, for that, which would be cool. So nice. So, like, I remember it too. I just feel like how you go in and everything's very different. Because I remember we walked in, we go up the one side where it felt like a very, like, kind of you know what, de- like a detoured route to get right. in the stadium, and it was all yep. gravel and stuff like that. Like even now, I'm looking at the one photo I showed you earlier of the little mural of the DraftKings Fantasy Zone. So it was just stuff like that. Cause even too, I've been seeing a lot of people's who, you know how there's crazy people out there. Like there's some girl who did like all 32 games in like, I think a 70 day period. That's wild. And like someone who did like every single Monday night football game. And they literally rate Gillette low because of where it's located. And they're like, Oh, getting there. And that was bad. And I'm like, am I going with that a good experience? Because they're that, that train. Yeah. Which Foxborough station. I, I, I feel like I know Boston's communication commuter system well like we literally took the train from foxborough to south we got off south we took the t back to north right. and then we went to our hotel right next to the garden so yeah. it's just one of those things where i'm just like okay i feel like i know it's like not the hardest to get to you just have to do your research on how to get there and even the drive to itself wasn't terrible when we went right and i think the hard part for people is that you expect you know <clears throat> you see like the other things like all right you're like okay well Chicago is in the middle of the city, right? Yeah. The, the, all these are 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 in the city, right? Well, the Patriots isn't in the city, and it's in the middle of nowhere, right? It's a, it's right off of Route One, right? So you're like, what the hell? Like, where's this? And so, yeah, it's a little jarring when you're there, but at the same time, it's a good atmosphere. It's fun to get there, and if you can figure it out, the thing about the Patriots Stadium is you have to figure it out beforehand. You can't yeah. just show up and do it, right? And so that's that's. That's what makes it a little bit more challenging. Green Bay is in the middle of a residential area too, but they kind of do it up. They play into that, right? Where you park on someone's lawn. We went there. It was incredible. That was amazing. Buffalo's the exact same. Right. And so exactly, right? So you park on someone's lawn and it's like, hey, we're at the stadium. Like, holy crap. Like, here we are. You know what I mean? And so and so they, they play up into a little bit where it's like you're still on the highway, but like, you're not anywhere near Boston. So people think about Boston. They're like, Oh, it's Boston. No, you're like 40 minutes from Boston. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so I can see people being upset about that, especially if you booked your hotel in Boston. Um, but you know, it just, it is what it is. There's so many hotels right on route one, right there. Like there's a million of them at this point now. And so it's like, yeah, if you're going to a Patriots game, book a hotel right there if you want, or do what you did, which is book a hotel in Boston, see the sites in Boston, and then be like, all right, how do I get to this? Oh, okay. oh, I can jump right on the on the train. Perfect. Okay, now I got to figure that out. So, you know, you have to kind of do that ground that that work ahead of time to figure yeah. that out. You know, yeah, because even like on the Friday when we went there and had our little day in Foxborough, we literally found the train from Northeastern University, took it to Foxborough because guess where Foxborough Station you can walk right. to to get to Gillette Stadium. Yep. Um, that's the thing. Like, and even still, like last time we went was Thursday to Monday. Like. 2023 there's already a handful of opponents i've circled that i want to go to and what was i going to say next if we go though we probably do uh saturday to monday like you know get in saturday i probably always still stay in boston just because it is more convenient and logan airport also just happens to be super super close to uh downtown yep but um 
just I'll tell you right now that like the handful of ones I circled were like I think the Saints, the Eagles, and potentially look, I'd love to see the Chiefs, so I feel like it'd be an expensive ticket or prime time. Probably. But that, the one o'clock window was perfect. If anything, maybe a four twenty-five window because it'd be nice to you know wake up, relax, and then I feel like for that one you get to the stadium to tailgate around what one o'clock, right when the one o'clock games start. Yeah. Yeah. So for that it works out. But no, I just have to ask about the stadium just because that's the one thing I'm really excited to see. And even yeah. I know right now. The one little video board they had in the northeast corner is going to wrap all the way around, right. too, which yep. I'm just like, oh, it's going to be so exciting to see. And even now, just looking at the photos and stuff, it's just it's so yeah, cool it's for cool. me to get to say, like, hey, I've been there now. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's and it's fun. And it's one of those things for me that, you know, I think the nostalgia part of it is fun, you know, like yep. ha- being being there before and then being there afterwards. And even from the original stadium, I mean, look, you know, people that were that went to old Foxborough stadium, right back when they had metal benches and everything like that. Right. They, when they built Gillette, they only added 8,000 seats, but they tripled the area. Right. And so the idea was to make it bigger. Right. And to make it like, so you actually have some room. I mean, walk out of there as cattle where everyone would be like herded together and you have shoulder to shoulder. You can't move. You couldn't get out of there. You know what I mean? And so it's like, we've opened things up a lot more and you have these concourses now and they've, you know, then it's like now they're, they're, they, they're taking down seats and they're adding in the Putnam or the Optum club down below on the field level. Then they took out seats at, you know, behind my section where the, where the lighthouse was and they added in a big area over there that people could congregate in and they put tables over there. So they added a ton of different things like that. They, they widened the bridge significantly. So they're doing all those things, because they understand that people aren't just sitting in their seat. They're walking around a little bit too. And it's, and they're making it easier to get from place to place. And, you know, that's the other part about this, uh, about this construction is that not only are you building all these clubs in here, but you're also making it so that if you're in the 300 level and you're sitting in 301, you don't have to walk all the way around to get to the other side of the stadium. You can just walk straight across. Right. So that's the hard part. Now, what's interesting about it is like Tennessee have been Tennessee. If you're in the 300s and you want to get to the other side of the 300s, you have to walk all the way down and then go around and then walk all the way back up. And it's like, what the hell? What are we doing here? Like, you know what I mean? So, so it's one of those funny things. And of course, Tennessee has just got permission or is looking for permission to build a new stadium. Yeah. Um. And so I think that part of that is because they want they want a Super Bowl there. But nevertheless, yeah. You know, it's just, it's funny where you start to look at it and say, like, that stadium's not much, that stadium's a year or two older than the Patriots stadium. It looks exactly the same way as it did when they built it. Whereas Gillette looks completely different than when, even when they built it. And, oh, by the way, Kraft's the only one not using public money. He's the only one in the league that doesn't have PSLs. He And so it's like, you know what? I'm going to pay a little bit extra for a ticket, but I'm not paying a PSL. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. We got, Buffalo's going to be doing that. Yeah. We have two teams that share a stadium and they both have PSLs. The Jets and the Giants have PSLs. That means I don't even own my seat. I share my seat with another guy and I'm paying to share this. It's like crazy. So yeah. we're very lucky as, you know, as season ticket holders are very lucky that Kraft takes care of us in that way. Yeah, exactly. And like even with um, Chicago's another one too, but that's a whole other thing. But I know they're doing it. Dome. Like everyone's like, oh, a dome stadium. They, they want a Super Bowl. They want a Final yep. Four. Chicago, they want yep. all that. With the Arlington Heights stuff, I've talked about it on nauseum here with a couple Bears fans, just because I'm I'm always curious about stadiums, and I did one yeah. with, with the Bills as well. And with theirs, it's a matter of you just can't upgrade it because their stadiums actually 
goes into the ground. Right. So the new one's gonna be above ground because I was tell I, I was telling I've told I was telling people, um, whether it be Joe, whether it be shout out you 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 know him too now new friend of the show actually I don't know if I told you but Greg Thompson cover once oh yeah I did yeah love um, Greg yeah I've actually gotten to work with those guys a bunch of times um and then basically the way the new one's gonna be so right now you can see the lights from the highway but the new one's gonna be so far up so the stadium's gonna stick up but then they're gonna get PSLs which I was curious about just because. They're in a market that traditionally, you know what, it's not not calling them like on poor or anything, but Buffalo's more of a blue-collar city. It's yeah. a college town, yeah. yada, yada, yada. So it's going to be interesting to see for them. But at the same time, too, the next three seasons for them, tailgating is going to be a nightmare because the stadium's literally going in the parking lot right across the street. So it's going to yeah. be, it's gonna be interesting. In, but Happened in Foxborough, too. Yeah. Yeah. The same yeah. thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, but also fun fact for you folks, uh, Page- Gillette Stadium was once going to be called CMGI Field, which I'm really glad that never happened because the name just doesn't sound right. Gillette sounds so, so much better. I attended a game at CMGI Field. Mm. Uh, it was a revolution game, but I attended a game <laughs> at CMGI Field. Uh, it's pretty cool. As a matter of fact, at the Hall of Fame, they have like a... Um, That's where I learned it. <laughs> yep. So they have that like tutorial where they walk you through and it's like a virtual tour and it's and the the name is CMGI Field on the virtual tour. So it's pretty cool to kind of go back and see some of that stuff. And of course, CMGI went defunct before before uh, before the, the football season opened up. But yeah, it was CMGI Field and then it became Gillette and, um, you know, and the rest is history and they've been Gillette ever since. So it is. Uh, it Yeah, it's. Yeah. It's interesting when you see some of those things get changed, you know, Heinz Field now becomes whatever the hell that is. And so it's like, you know, it's almost like Gillette Stadium is Gillette Stadium. Like you don't want to change and and the Staples Center isn't the Staples Center anymore. Like it's yeah. the crypto car like what it's like, no, dude. Like it should be the state it's the Staples Center. I don't care what it's called. It's called the Staples Center, right? Like whoever whoever's paying for that lost money because Everyone's still calling it the Staples Center. No one's calling it whatever the hell it's called. You know what I mean? Same thing in Pittsburgh. It's yeah. Heinz Field. I'm sorry. It's Heinz Field. Like, that's what everyone's going to call it. And so if Gillette ever – and Gillette, I think, signed, like, some ridiculously long, like, a 25-year deal with the with the Patriots recently or something like that. So they're not going anywhere. But if they did, they're still going to call it Gillette Stadium because it's been Gillette Stadium for 20 years. Of course everyone's going to call it Gillette. So. It's like- it's the same thing as TD Garden as well. I know it used to be I, called like the Fleet Center and whatever, but like right. you're not gonna you're not gonna change the names. I also learned recently that the Boston Garden was literally located like right next to where, literally next to it. Yep. Yeah, I, I didn't there. realize it was that close. I thought it was all in a different location. Nope. Um, before we get out of here, a couple positions I want to ask you about quickly. Yes. Um, with the running back room next year, I see it quickly being Stevenson Harris. Strong, but not the Harris people are thinking about. I see it being yeah. Kevin Harris. I think, look, Damien's injury, what happened in the last game, plus the fact too that the two rookies came in and got touchdowns against Arizona, I think that was kind of his nail in the coffin. And as for the receiver room, do you see it staying the same? Like Myers, Myers excluded, because I think I hope Aguilar is gone, which I think he will be. But then, do you stick with a core of potentially Parker? born and Thornton or how do you see that going? Yeah. So the running backs, as far as the running backs are concerned, look, if Damian Harris, if he's cheap and he wants to come back and he knows that his role is going to be as a secondary back, I got no problem with him coming back. He's a good running back. He's a powerful running back. I like having him on the roster. I know Kevin Harris gives you something similar, but can he do it as well as Damian Harris does? Probably not. And so I wouldn't mind having, Damian Harris, if, again, if he 
is if he's reasonably priced, yeah. right? Which I think he probably will be because he had kind of a little bit of a down year this year. Running backs aren't going to get paid a ton anyways. So I think it's a possibility that Damian Harris comes back, but Ramondre is definitely the number one back. What we saw this year, though, was he can't carry the one all season long. You, yeah. you can't you can't run him into the ground like the Patriots did because he just fell off the face of the planet the last few games of the season. They lost that Cincinnati game because he fumbled. Yep. If he doesn't fumble, they win the game. And Ramondre hadn't fumbled at all up until that point, and he put the ball on the ground like three or four times at the end of the year, and he didn't lose all those fumbles, but still, it's like, man. It's cause for concern. You know, and so and so you just think, like, he can't carry, he can't carry the load all year. So if Kevin Harris can take over there, fine. If Damian Harris is the guy, and don't forget now, Ty Montgomery's on the team till Stute two as well. Yes. Sorry. Couldn't get that one out there. So, <laughs> so, you know, so I think, I think with that, you're okay. If you can bring Damian back, fine. If not, it's not the end of the world. As far as wide receivers concerned, you got to pay Myers. Aguilar, I just, I can't imagine Aguilar comes back. That would just be mind numbingly stupid. I think by the Patriots. Yeah. And then, you know, are you going to use Bourne? Do you like Kendrick Bourne? Are you going to move on from Kendrick Bourne? I don't know. Is he in the doghouse too much that you figure, no, screw it, we're starting over? I don't know. Uh, I think trade, Parker, I think. yeah, and that's possible too, right? That's possible. I think Parker's a guy who has to stick around. I think you saw enough from him. He developed that chemistry with Mac Jones. He developed chemistry with Billy Zappi as well. You saw it kind of come along later on in the year. But he's a number two. He's yeah. a number two. I mean, that's definitively a number two. And Taekwon Thornton, I think you saw enough from Taekwon at times that he can be better. Now he has to be he has to improve his play strength because he's weak and he's little. And so he has to improve upon that, which he can do in an offseason, I think. And not break his collarbone in the preseason. Correct. Yes, correct. And so I think that that's part of it. But yeah, I wouldn't move on from any of those guys. Um, you know, Trey Nixon's coming back as well, my guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Christian Wilkerson, who who was on IR, he's coming back. And so so you start looking at it and saying, okay, well, there we have some guys, and those are depth pieces, of course, but you have some of those depth guys. Do you take a shot on a guy early on? Probably not at 14. No. But, you know, I don't know. If you trade back and you get a second-round pick, do you use one of those second-round picks on, on, a, on a wide receiver? You just might. You know, like you can't have enough wide receivers out there. I don't think there's anyone really out there in the market that you're going to want. So – to me, and by the way, I love JSN, but I don't know how he's like Jacoby Myers. I, I just he's you know what I mean? It's just not he's not he's not a burner, excellent route runner, not a burner, kind of does the same thing that some of your other guys do. To me, it's it's not a fit for the Patriots. It would be a fit for the Patriots if they had no one. They just have wait guys. For Lad McConkey. <laughs> Who? Just wait for wait for Lad McConkey, the kid from Georgia this year. Okay. All right, see, there you go. I only say that because he fits the mold of a Patriot. He's a sophomore right now, and he's from Georgia. Right. If you look up his film, he did some pretty cool stuff in the national championship game. I like it. I like yeah. it. So there you go. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, when I look at this team, like, look, I, I thought Damian Harris was always on the way out, but I think if he accepts his role and, you know, what takes a little bit of a pay yeah. cut, if he stays great, if not, is what it is. Right. The only guy I think for sure is gone is Isaiah Wynn. And I say this because I mean it for the love of God. Can we see Ronnie Perkins on the field in 2023? I think you have to play him. There's like, if yeah. you're going to not play him, you just, you should just try to play him or cut him. him. Yeah. Play him or cut him. Yeah. I think he was on IR this year. Um, he was, he was, but I just want to see, right. I want to see him. Play, I agree. Well, look what happened. Defense. Look what happened with Penny Jennings. Jennings gets yeah. on the field and all of a sudden he's a contributor. Right. And so it's like, you know, are you going to see that level of contribution from, you know, from Perkins? I don't know. 
But Perkins, I can tell you, was the only edge defender who had, you know, a, a PFF grade of 90-plus against the run and the pass. And so, like, that's pretty good. So maybe he could be something. Now, maybe he isn't, but maybe he could be. And okay. so, you know, you you, you kind of you took a shot at it. You see what you can do. And, and of course, he's got to be healthy to get on the field. But, yeah, give him a shot and see what the kid's got, you know? Because if you look at it, if Mac plays well and if he gets to the field and can be a contributor, that means that the first four picks of the 21 draft, Bill hit home runs on all four. Yep. Yep. So with that being said, and if we want to learn more about Jackson Smith and Jigba, you can consult your local library or, as I like to call it, Keegan Stiefel's Twitter. That's Stiefel's Twitter. Excuse me. Sorry, I can't believe I just butchered his name. Um, that's all. That's all I want to say because I know Keegan's a big Ohio State guy. That's all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. He's not as high. He's not as high as on JSN than he was on Olave, but he was damn right about Chris Olave. So oh, I know. I wanted Chris Olave in New England, but uh, I'm glad my dad gets to enjoy him in New Orleans. Yeah. But anyway, that's gonna do it here for episode number 207. Pat, it's a blast getting to talk to you as always. We'll talk more during the draft. And with you mentioning Mike Renner, it also comes into my head because I realize now I need a new draft podcast because guess what? Two for tailgate no longer exists. I almost called yep. it two for one drafts. That's I how know. long I was listening uh, to. Those me guys. too. Yep. Yeah, I need a new, I need a new draft podcast because I need to know those guys. Like, it, not like the first the first rounders you all know, but like the second, third, fourth, fifth, like the day two and day three guys, so that when they're drafted, I can go. I know exactly who you are. Yep, I'm on the lookout too. So you let me know. Let me know if you find one. Uh, I'm on the lookout for those, and there are some. But you know, you gotta you gotta find like the one. I loved tailgate because I loved the way they they work through things. I loved the chemistry they had together. So. Um, I'm looking for that for that one draft podcast. And of course, I'm sure you'll be doing draft content. We'll be doing yep. draft content at Pat's Pulpit, but it's not quite the same. You gotta need those guys who live, breathe, and die rookies, uh, you know, and, and prospects and whatnot. So um, so yeah, if you if you find one, let me know. We'll do and I'll let the rest of you guys know. But like I said, 207, that's gonna wrap it up for here. Join me for tomorrow night, guys. The Lorenzo brothers are back. We're gonna get ready for the divisional round. And that's one more thing I'm gonna ask you. Quick rapid fire. Chiefs, Jags, I think we're going Chiefs. How do we go there? How do you yes, think? Chiefs, perhaps Jags, uh, perhaps Jags points, maybe. See, with the next game Saturday night, I like that. I like Eagles to win by like the Jets on the po- I like the Giants on the points. What's the um, points on that one? Five and a half? Seven. Oh, seven. Okay. Yeah. And then Bengals, Bills. I want the Bengals, but I just think the fact that they're already selling tickets for that neutral site game, I can see a world where we get. I think we're going to get Chiefs, Chiefs and Bills in the AFC Championship, and then I want to see San Francisco, but I just have a feeling Dallas is going to win. I don't know why. There's just something in me telling me Dallas is going to. It's possible. Demar Hamlin's going to be on the field pregame. I don't know how the I don't know how the Bills lose that game, but the Bengals, when their offense is clicking, man, they are tough to stop. Um, and so wait, was the Demar Hamlin thing confirmed, or is that just- no, no? But I'm but I'm sure. I mean, he's at home at this point, like. He this leads him the out of the game. tunnel. Just give him a little bar. I'm right. sorry. This I know it'll make us game. miserable, but like if he if he's in the stadium in any capacity for any game, right? They're not Correct. losing. This is the one, and, and and they're not. And there's a very good chance that this is the last home game of the season, right? Yeah. Unless the Chiefs somehow lose on Saturday, and so this is the one, and it's against Cincinnati. Like, come on, dude. Like that's you know. So it, it's it's kind of poetic in that way. I do think Cincinnati has a shot. I think they do. I think they really do. Their offense is, is ridiculous. Their defense is really good, a lot better than people give them credit for. And Buffalo got carved up by Skylar Thompson. Carved up by Skylar Thompson. And there so I don't know. And listen, man, if, if Jalen Waddle can catch the ball, the Miami Dolphins may win that game. 
you know? And so that doesn't mean anything, of course, because you win in advance. But still, it gives you a little bit of pause. That yes. doesn't mean that the, that the Bengals are going to win, but I think that anyone that's saying, oh, the no shot, no way. That's crazy. The Bengals have a chance to win. They have a good chance to win. Um, and to me, if you're getting five points or something like that, what, what is the spread in there? Is that five, that game? I gotta, Let me open up my uh, score app so I can let you know. Um, there you go. So the spread, so it's eight and a half for Jags and Chiefs. It's seven and a half for Eagles Giants. Yep. Three and a half for San Francisco Dallas and four and a half. Yeah, Bills no, I'm I'm, I'm taking the points four and a half. I just think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be a tight game. And I could see them losing. I mean, I could see them losing in, in the Bills scoring a touchdown late in the game to, you know, take an eight point lead or something like that. Eight or nine point lead. And then, you know, you you wind up losing that way. But I just think it's gonna be a close game. Um and so, you know. That's going to be interesting. I will tell you, I went, now I picked, I did money line, spread, and mm. over-under all weekend on tally site, 14-4 and four for the six games. That'll so I was I was pretty happy. 14-4, and four, I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Welcome to I the had community the, of degenerates. Yeah, yeah. And now the problem is I got to put money on it, but my secret is don't put money on it, and you'll be better at it. I'll be better oh. picking games. I don't put money on it. When I put money on, I'm the biggest mush on the face of the planet. So like, I can't. So you know, it's and like I tell people. I tell people I'm such a big mush that I would bet against the Patriots so the Patriots would win. But then the universe would know that I bet against the Patriots so that I want because I want the Patriots to win. So then in turn the Patriots would lose and I'd win my bet and the Patriots would lose. And that's how big of a mush I am that the oh, universe is like no 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 no. We'll let you win money, but we won't give you happiness. Do they have a date, by the way, set for legal gambling in Massachusetts or not? They yet? do not. They actually pushed it back to like 2024, I think, or or late 2023, mm. um, you know, to kind of get the apps rolling and stuff like that, which is annoying. It's just stupid. It's like, what are we doing? Like, it's just I and like, I don't even care. I'm not even a gambler. And like, I probably would throw some money down here and there, but it's like, it's so dumb. It's just so dumb. It's we could make so much money. Like it's crazy, and we have Plain Ridge Casinos right there, and you know what I mean. Like it's right there, it's right in the stadium. Dude, you throw you throw a sports book right in there, they'd make a killing, a killing in that place, and they just don't want to do it. And it's like it's so stupid, you know. And so it just it drives me crazy. Meanwhile, we have two casinos in the state, and it's like, well, that gambling's okay, but sports gambling is stupid. It's just dumb. So. It's it's the weird frowned upon thing, but then you realize how much money it'll make the state, and then that makes all the right. problems go away. For Charlie Baker and them, just look at what New York has done. They made over a billion dollars. It's just goofy. Right. Um, you know what? We'll do this again sometime soon. We'll Love talk because you know why? There's always Patriots football to talk about. I don't care if the people hate it. It's our team, and we're hoping for the best because 2023 is going to be a better year. The Patriots are that team. Even number of years, they suck, but odd number of years, they rule the league. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Have a good night. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. 
do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>